Welcome back. It's my season four premiere episode. Last season was crazy. I got to speak to so many voices in baseball at all levels from travel and high school, minor leaguers, and a few major leaguers too, including my most favorite player ever, Brett Phillips. And then there were the bananas. I am Grayson Knight, and this is Baseball Podcasts Are Fun. In seasons two and three, I've had the opportunity to interview several members of the Savannah Bananas. You might have heard of them. They are this little team in Savannah that has taken the baseball world and social media by storm. Everyone on the team and in the front office is amazing, which has led to today's bright yellow guest, the top banana himself, owner Jesse Cole. His story is pretty well known to those in baseball, but we will dive a bit further inside and peel under the hat today. No more waiting. Ladies and gents, a baseball and business innovator, Mr. Jesse Cole. Hi, Jesse. How are you? <laughs> I want to cheer for you with that intro. Great job, Grace, and excited thank to you. be with you. Thank you. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. Uh, when we reached out to you, you sent this really cool video message back. Uh, is that something you do a lot? <laughs> for people like you and people that uh have really been amazing to us and our brand and the bananas and our people of course yes i learned from andy stanley do for one what you wish you could do for many so when i got that email of course i want to send a video to you my friend uh so i know from your book fans first which i have right here um which i've read you pride yourself a lot on being different Sending video message, like you said, is certainly different and was a great surprise. Um, I also learned that you knew about my show. So how did you hear about me? <laughs> how could you not hear about it? How you, you must know the number. How many Bananas players and staff members have you interviewed? Do you know? At least like at least seven, probably yes. 10. Yeah, you might be. You might be in the double digits. Uh, yeah. no, you, I have... you might be. You might be my 10th, to be honest. Ooh. All right. I'm feeling good about that. No, uh, yes. Uh, you know, Grace, and obviously a lot of our players, our staff have talked about how much they enjoyed being with you. And I've seen clips and and I just love what you're doing, man. Very inspiring. Thank you so much. Um, and it's not just players and staff members. I also interviewed Biko, the broadcaster, and hopefully I'll interview Shark and a few other guys and, and Jake, the magician, maybe. It's going to be a really fun season and uh, seasons to come. You might be the only one to have that many bananas people ever. So you're, you're, you know more about our organization than most people, which is pretty cool. And I like to say, I like to say thank you to all the staff members and uh, players that you guys are so kind to me. I, I love that they come on here. I'm learning a lot about you guys and baseball, but you said you wanted some hard questions. So I have some right out of the gate. So <laughs> So you have a son named you have a son named Maverick. On my season three finale, I had Brett Phillips on. He's my favorite player, and his middle name is Maverick. So what inspired your son's name? I think I know why. <laughs> well, it's twofold. So I love what Maverick means. You know, it is an independent, a free spirit, someone that goes about doing things their own way. And you know, I, I've obviously that uh, hits me right where everything I believe in. And then also the 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 truth behind it as well. My wife, Emily, is the biggest Top Gun fan in the world. And yeah, yes, yeah. and this was before there was Top Gun Maverick movie. So now Maverick's coming even more popular. But uh, mm -hmm. obviously, uh, she loved the movie. I love what it means. And we said that's a very unique and different name. We didn't know anyone named Maverick. And we said that, that'd be perfect for our son, our first ha child. Have you seen the new movie? Oh, yes. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, so Brett Phillips, when he was on, he said he liked an old cowboy show with that name, uh, Maverick. I, I didn't know it. 
uh, by the way. But uh, Brett also said he might like to play for the Bananas when his playing career is over. He's, he's the perfect, perfect type player for the Bananas. I mean, you watch what he's doing for Major League Baseball and having fun. Uh, we would love to have Brett play for us. And you never know. I think that, that could be a reality one of these days, maybe. Mm-hmm. And that also reminds me, because this isn't kind of like a spoiler if you watch another podcast, but Nick Swisher actually said this on Coach Ball Games podcast, which you were also in it, that next year on your 2023 Banana Ball World Tour, you guys will be playing in Tampa, and the Bananas will be will be playing a team full of MLB alumni. Is that true? <laughs> All right. Uh there are some big announcements coming up, yes. And uh, Nick Swisher and some Major League Baseball players uh, will be complete competing with and against the Bananas. So we've got some big announcements, but we've been so fortunate, you know, starting with Jake Peavy, uh, you know, Cy Young Award winner that became a big ambassador and played for us to Eric Burns and Johnny Gomes and Josh Reddick. Josh Reddick. Josh Reddick was amazing. Then Jonathan Papelbon pitching our last two games. You know, we've really... Uh, so fortunate that these guys have wanted to be a part of banana ball and having fun. And it's spread. I would say every week I hear from a new major leaguer or former major leaguer that's interested in what we're doing and interested in playing, which is pretty cool. Is it too much to ask that uh, of some people that are playing? <laughs> I don't know if I can give names at this point because a lot of things, well, I never know if a major league player is going to actually play for us until they show up that day. And they're yeah, in our that's project. true. So I like to kind of, you know, one of the big things I learned from Bill Veck, who was probably the biggest baseball innovator ever. He was the one that put names on the backs of jerseys, had exploding, exploding scoreboards. Obviously, he's famous for Eddie Guidel, the world's smallest hitter. And what he did is he never told people a lot of times when a promotion was going to happen. And he liked keeping a surprise, saying you never know what's going to happen at the ballpark. And that's inspired me. We have surprise fireworks shows. We have lots of surprise promotions. And when it comes to Major League Baseball players, uh, we never tell anybody before someone's mm-hmm. going to play for us. And we make that makes it pretty fun. When I went to my second uh, time at Grayson Stadium for a Bananas game, I never knew Josh Reddick was going to be playing. Uh, but I was in I was in the booth when Josh Reddick hit his walk off home run in the, in the seventh inning or or eighth inning to put the Bananas in front and eventually win the game uh, a few innings later. It was pretty cool, wasn't it? It was incredible i actually got on espn sports center but like we don't talk about that (laughs) (laughs) talk about that you should talk about that all the time Mm -hmm. it's just the start for you my friend it's just yeah so that's one game i'd love to see with the mlb alumni my folks live in tampa and we're huge tampa bay rays fans uh i I lived there when i was one to three uh my first professional games were at the shop when i was three years old i don't really remember anything uh there was steinbrenner field where the yankees uh, minor league, t- minor league team play, um, but you grew up a Red Sox fan and you were a Red Sox ball boy. How was that experience like? <laughs> I'm probably similar to you. You know, that's 33 years ago. I was a honorary bat boy actually for one game, and you know, I got to sit in the dugout with Lee Smith and Wade Boggs and Roger Clemens. I know there's someone you probably wow. know. Yeah. I know I know Wade Boggs too. I, I I don't know Lee Smith, but I know Wade Boggs and Roger Clemens. All right, look up Lee Smith after this. Probably one of the greatest closers of our time. It was very strong for the Cardinals. And then obviously what he did with the Red Sox a little bit. But um yeah, it was amazing, you know. And you know, when you're a kid, you look up to these guys, you look up to these players, and then you know, I got to uh, pitch at Fenway when I was 20 years old in an all-star game. So I got to actually take the mound and pitch and the adrenaline and you know, now I would say in a, in a couple of years, the bananas are going to be able to play at Fenway, which is going to be pretty special. Mm-hmm. That's 
speaking of that, do you know when that's ever going to happen? <laughs> you know me, man. As this consummate, uh, you know, I, I'm a promoter, but I'm also, uh, you know, I never want to let anybody down. And so uh, it's a project and we're working. The Red Sox have called, they've reached out and uh, we've had numerous conversations now. And you were, recent, you were recently there, right? Yes, I was fortunate. They uh, they had me come in and talk to the team and we met with them. And yeah, and since then, we've heard from probably six or seven more major league teams. So we're getting reached out to a lot to play at their stadiums, which is crazy because seven years ago, you know, we weren't invited anywhere. When we first came up with Banana <laughs> Bananas, no one wanted me to speak. No one wanted us to talk anywhere. We couldn't sell tickets. My wife and I were sleeping on an airbed. And, you know, when you think about when you really believe in something and you believe in doing something different than anyone else, uh, if you keep staying persistent, it's amazing what can happen. And uh, you've seen it, obviously, the last few years of what's happened with the Bananas. Oh, yeah. And when they announced the 2023 uh, World Tour, all the 33 cities, it's like incredible from the one city tour in 2021 that goes from the, I think, how, how many cities was it, what, was it this year? I think it was 10, it was, right? It was seven this past year. Se yeah. Seven cities. And then it goes seven to 33 that's like a huge step up from yeah, what you started you at 2024. <laughs> yeah, you're going across the world. <laughs> it, it's dreaming big. It's it's mm -hmm. dreaming big. And you know what? No one knows what we're doing. And I think for you, Grayson, as you think about what you're doing, and I love the fact that you're hungry and you're asking questions and you're learning and doing this at your age, you know, don't let people tell you you can't do things. You know, so many people have said we can't do this. And we've been criticized from day one. We are criticized when we name the team the bananas after a fruit. I mean, what people said, you guys should be thrown out of town. You'll never sell a ticket. You're an embarrassment to when we just decided we're going all in on banana ball. I mean, we took a lot of criticism. You're leaving a league. How dare you? What are you thinking? This is going to be a failure. We might as well call this Jesse's joke. I mean, there was hundreds of comments like that. But just like I learned from Walt Disney, who was told even by his dad that you could ever make a living as an animator, and who was told that he couldn't do animated films in a full-length animated film like Snow White, and it was told that his Disneyland would fail uh, because it was it was different than any other amusement park, he just kept persisting and kept persisting, and he created something that's impacted millions of people. That's what's that's how I feel, and I think we're going to be told that we can't do something in 33 cities or go across the world or play at major league stadiums, and we're just going to go out and do it. Mm -hmm. Keep keep doing. I don't think the bananas will ever will, will ever like these two exist because they're they've been so much of an impact across these uh, multiple years, and it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's just never going to stop. Well, I appreciate that. That's that's how we feel. We're going to keep going, but we're just we're in the first inning, and I think mm -hmm. that's a mindset. Like if we're in the first inning, you're just coming up to bat for the first time, Grayson, because you're so young to be able to do this. It's so inspiring because to realize that we're in the first inning and we got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, hopefully hundred plus years of doing what we're doing. And you realize that play the long game, don't focus on the short term. Mm -hmm. So of the 33 cities that were, that you're, you guys are going to, which, uh, which some are your, are going to be your favorite that you're going to go to? Oh, geez. It's like picking my favorite book or picking my favorite child. I think the, <laughs> the reality is every single city, um, people don't realize this. Everything we do, there's a strategy behind it. And it's more to learn. So every city we do, if you look at where we're playing, there's a reason why we're playing there. Um, you know, there's a reason why, you know, when the Hall of Fame called and was interested in putting some bananas artifacts, I said, no, let's finish the tour there. Let's create an amazing moment at Cooperstown, you know, the, the home of where baseball started in Doubleday Field. 
And, you know, there's a reason why we're playing in different parts of the country, because we believe that, you know, maybe there's a major league stadium in the future around that area. Um, there's new things we can learn from minor league parks and double A parks and spring training homes in different markets, uh, traveling, flying. I mean, we're chartering flights to some places. I mean, we're driving all over the country. Uh, we yeah. are testing to see which markets. I mean, right now, Sugarland, Texas, there's requests for over 40,000 tickets. Des Moines and Indianapolis, over 20,000. Like we never would have known Sugarland, Des Moines and Indianapolis, but you learn by doing. So, uh, you know, obviously Cooperstown will be special to finish the tour, but you got ballparks that are 12 to 14,000 people like Sacramento, Fresno, Indianapolis, the minor league spring training homes of the San Francisco Giants, the Mariners. I mean, those are big, big stadiums for us. And to see them packed, which they're going to be, is going to be pretty special. And one question that I have, if like, like what you you will go to Fenway and th those big stadiums, like 40,000 people, how are you going to do the uh, all inclusive food that you do that comes with the tickets? Is that going to be a, like a, like a thought or a program or something? Good question. So that is something that when we first did Grayson, I don't know if you know, it was the first game we ever did with that. It was a failure. We didn't know we were going to go through 10,000 pieces of meat in the first hour. I mean, it was a disaster and people <laughs> waited for two hours and it's taken us years to get it to, I'm guessing when you came to the game, did you eat within five minutes, get through the line? Was it pretty quick? Yeah, easily. And that's with 4,000 plus people. It took years to perfect. And there's no one else in the country or world with an all-inclusive stadium. So for us to expect going to a stadium for the first time, for them to do all-inclusive, it's just not practical. So every ballpark that we play at, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's it's just all the food and drink on the, the venue takes care of that. And we just take care of the ticket and make sure that we put on the best show we've ever put on. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, here we go to like some gen general generic questions. When uh, I don't know if you know this, but we interviewed Matt Wolf and his wife. Um, and we were talking about if they're going to be future female players on the bananas. There's a player in, in Australia. There's a few players in Georgia. It, it, is there any thought? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, that was obviously what Megan did to uh, be the first one this year. It was pretty special. And I was uh, episode four of banana land on ESPN plus was really cool to watch and how it all came together. I mean, there's things that I don't even know about and I try to know as much as I can about our organization. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think one thing the bananas try to do that many people don't realize is we want every single person that comes in the gates to be able to relate to something or someone a part of the bananas. And so when you look at from the banana nanas, where we got senior citizen dance team to the mananas, the dad bod cheerleading squad to this year in Savannah, we had the banana splits. We have princess Potassia. You know, we have the dancing umpire who was just a regular umpire who learned Vincent. how to dance. Vincent's the best to all these different people, especially females. And I think if we can, someone and anyone that walks in our gate can see themselves in someone, can be inspired to be like them. I think that is our goal. So we will definitely look this year to have uh, hopefully a, um, an amazing uh, female player and entertainer. And again, I think the real big key for us is we want to make sure that we bring on someone that can really compete and, and really have fun and really fits the brand. And we're not going to compromise that just to have someone. Obviously, the Matt and Megan story was great. They're amazing people, amazing uh, at what they did. And now if we're going to go to the next level to have someone more on part of us full time, we'll make sure that's the right fit. Um, 
So I read your book, Fans First, and you talk you talk about in there, if you find something and you think they they're, they can become big hits, but they don't actually, you call them quote unquote discoveries. But has there been anything uh, this past year that you've discovered and they've turned into something huge? <laughs> oh, yes. Um, well, yeah, you're right. We don't use the word, the, the F word, the failure word. We don't use that. We don't talk about that because uh, mm-hmm. you either have a success or you have a story. And with us, we've uh, had a lot of both. So, yeah, I mean, again, what we do at our ballpark, and I think you've, inter- you've interviewed Zach, haven't you, our director of entertainment? Frangelo, yes, I have. So we do between 10 to 15 new things every night at our ballpark. And a lot of hitting entrances don't hit. Some of the dances in the game don't don't hit. But what we learned is that when we are just having fun, so if the players do a dance in the middle of the game, no matter what happens, they throw a strike, they throw a ball, the guy gets a hit, whatever, fans enjoy watching that. And I think the big thing for us, the big discovery is that um, do things that we think are fun. Don't ever do something that's forced. The hitters that come up like doing whatever they do, and there's been tons, bats on fire, uh, come up as Aladdin, come up with a pep band, all those, you look at the guys, they're having fun when they're doing their dance and their country dances and the whole team's behind them or the Harlem shake or any of those, they're having fun. And so the biggest thing for us is we never want to force something. We want to make sure if we're going to do something uh, that everyone uh, is saying, Hey, this is going to be fun to do. And that's when you really get the gold. And I think it's just, I, I think mostly all the ideas, they work because all the fans love them. I don't think there's any, uh, I mean, there's some, when you when I was watching the Banana Land episodes, there were some ideas that you guys couldn't do because you were talking about uh, the one idea where he's stealing a base and then he gets arrested and you guys didn't end up doing that. And has there been something you've like really, really liked, but just become not not a failure, but like, yeah, I, say, well, well, I can't well, say failure. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it was something that we weren't able to do. Um. You know, it's tough because my mind doesn't work like that, Grace. And so when I get asked those questions, I'm so focused on what's next. You know, I'm focused on the ideas that we're going to try. And when something doesn't work, I just move right past it. And you you play baseball, right? Yes, I do. All right. What position? Uh, Outfield, center field. I love center field. Awesome. I love that. Uh, if you can learn how to do a backflip and catch it or bare hand, then we're, we're on to something, Grace. So that'll, <laughs> yeah. That'll take some time. When I played baseball, like you, I was fortunate to play all the way up to college, college scholarship. I was talking to professional teams. I was very, very lucky to have that opportunity. I, when I would strike out, because I was a two-way guy, a pitcher in here, when I would strike out, it would stay with me. Man, it would stay with me. How did I miss that pitch? What? I was right there. What was I thinking? Why didn't I swing at that? And it, it frustrated me. And I didn't perform at my level because I was so focused on my past failures. So when I get asked those questions, I'm fortunate with what we do. We have so many more bats than anyone else. So what I mean by that is in a given game, if some promotion goes bad, we're on to the next one within 10 seconds. Immediately. So after a game, yes, I walk around with Zach and we look at, we go back through the script and I notice which things didn't work and I write notes and we talk about fixing it. But after that, it's gone. I'm on to what are we doing next game? So I struggle with that question, but I think it's the right mindset. You know, if you're having it, if you strike out three times, Grayson, but you come up, in the last inning, you better not be thinking about those strikeouts. You better think, I'm going to drill this pitch. I'm going to win this game right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the mindset we try to take with everything. Uh, you In your book, you also talk about uh, not creating customers, but fans. Like fans first, 
is a way of life for you and everyone you employ. What does the, the, the process look like when you are evaluating a new player, new employee? Oh, a detailed question. Uh, and, and I like that. That's good. So I'm more in the I'm more in the players right now. We have Marie, who's our fans first director, who's amazing, who uh, worked a lot with Emily, uh, my wife, and we started hiring. And so we have you know, we're very strategic on what we look for hiring. But yes, it's uh, do you fit our core beliefs? Are you uh, always be caring, different? enthusiastic, fun, growing, and hungry. We go by the alphabet to keep that simple. We, we do video cover letters. We want to see what someone is on video. So like when I see you right now, Grayson, I see your enthusiasm, your energy. I mean, you're literally decked out in all bananas here. Like you are all in my friend. All right. Yeah. So if you were on an interview, you would be doing very, very well with us. So that's huge. And then we actually ask, what's your future resume? And this is actually something, Grayson, I think could be really fun for you. So most people, when they get older, and they try to get a job, they send their resume. And their resume is what they've done in the past. We're not interested in what people have done in the past. We want to know what they want to do in the future. And so when you write that and you figure out people actually exercise, what do they want to do? How do they want to grow with us? What's the big picture? And that helps us either create that or find are they a right fit. So that's the hiring from a player perspective. You'll talk to any guys. No one gets a uniform until they go through bananas orientation and fans first you. Literally, I personally go through who we are, what we stand for, what it's like to be fans first. I tell stories and share what it's about because that is so important. And so to get into that room, you have to understand that, hey, it's not just what you're good if you're good at baseball. It's do you care about people? Are you fun? Are you willing to do things that scare you and things you've never done before, like dance and do crazy hitting entrances and be in music videos and all that? We find out all that in advance. And then once you're in that room, you're all in. And this is kind of where like the H3 comes in. Um, uh, hug, high five and handshake. Yeah. So how does that correlate to like everyone you meet? Do they have to like go through a process to like find that out? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to give full credit to our, our head coach, Tyler Gillum on that. He developed that with the team and he's great. He developed flip the switch. He's very good at flip the switch between entertainment and baseball. And he developed H3. And, you know, I think for a lot of the guys that you're not used to as a player, I mean, when you came to the game, I mean, is it crazy to see all the players at the front gate doing a march and high-fiving everyone and dancing? That doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. And so a lot of players, they're not used to that. So coach Gillum was great. Say, Hey, when you see someone, you're either going to hug, high five, or handshake. And there's such a value in, in touch. And I think that was one of the biggest challenges with COVID. That we all had to stay so far apart and not talking to each other. But during, but this is there, there's there's a level of connection. And there's a level of understanding that we're we're together in this that um, we pride ourselves into. So, so you see most guys, I'm sure you've got probably 100 plus high fives from the guys at the games you've come to. And yeah. And see, and that that's uh that's something that I think is just a really nice thing that Gilm developed with our team. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was talking to Coach Viro on one of my recent podcasts, he told me and my listeners the bananas have been contacted by almost every major league team, like you said before. Um, one of the best things about bananas games are the all inclusive ticket and how everybody gets like this way of doing every like like everything it's like it's so cool how people can interact with all the fans well not the fans they are fans but with all the coaches and players and interact with you sometimes how do you end up doing that in a, a some sort of way where everything does not go haywire 
<laughs> it, it probably does go haywire a lot of the time, but uh, no, you mean, how, how are we able to go so all in on the experience and have everyone involved? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we do rehearsals. We have scripts. We have plans. I mean, we have a pregame script. We have a during game script. We have uh, different scripts for where we are in the concourse and the plaza and the grandstand. The biggest thing, Grayson, and who your major league team is the Yankees or the, or the Tampa Bay Tampa, Rays? Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay Rays. So this is the biggest challenge that Major League Baseball has, um, other than the speed of the game and their lack of fans. The biggest challenge they have is that they aren't able to break down the barriers. And what I mean by that is the players, they stay on the field. You know, you don't have as much interaction. And we realize that with no red tape, we can have players, when they score a run, go through the whole grandstand high-fiving every single person, which is completely Bush League in some way. I was like, what are they? The whole team is leaving the dugout to high-five the fans, but we can break down that. We can have players deliver roses to little girls. We can have the whole team doing hey, baby in, in uh, on the dugout. We can break that down before game and then after game, have the whole team, the whole cast thanking the fans, thanking you guys, dancing, singing, uh, hanging out, and just having fun. That's a big thing. And I talked about in Banana Land. I said, I told a few of the guys we were at Top Golf. I think it was uh, Dakota McFadden and Michael Deeb. And I said, there's a reason why I want you guys out greeting all the fans before. I want you to realize that this is bigger than just baseball. They're here to be a part of something. They're here to be a part with you. And they're not just here to watch a baseball game. And more than anything, the guys get to be out there and realize that. They get to see that. They get to realize that people drove hundreds of miles to come to these games. They get to realize they're playing for someone. And it's not themselves. And that's a very, very powerful force. And that's why uh, that's why we try to break down those barriers. So am I remembering this right? Or when you were on the Coach Ballgame podcast with Nick Swisher, uh, who actually is a friend of the podcast, by the way, he was talking about a bananas-themed cruise. Is that true? We have some big dreams. So if there's anything that you hear that sounds outrageous and crazy – We've probably talked about it. So, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't we think about the idea of renting out an entire cruise ship and with 4,000 people and stopping at a different island and playing a whole banana ball game and then getting back on a cruise ship? Why wouldn't we think about that? that I think that'd be, like, really cool. And all the, all the fans would, would, like, love it. I have an idea. This might be a long shot, but, like, Bring it. me and my family come on the cruise and Every day on the cruise, I do an interview with a player and a fan. And every day we do a different player and fan. And we just talk about baseball and why they love the bananas and stuff like that. that I think that's a cool idea that I just came up with. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. You know what's, you know what you're, what's really smart, Grayson, that you're doing? You enjoy these podcasts, don't you? Yeah. How much? Um. Like, what do you mean? How much? Like, like how much uh, on a scale of ten? Do, on a scale do, of 10? You, yeah. Do you really like? Do you really, really enjoy it? Yeah, I think eleven out of ten, probably. Does it give you energy? Yes. It, yeah, it does give me energy. And how old are you right now? I'm thirteen right now. At thirteen years old, you found something that gives you a tremendous amount of energy, and you're doing it. And what's amazing that you're doing it is 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 you're building. You're going to build a lot of fans that way, and you're going to build an audience. And if you keep doing it for the right reasons doing it because it gives you energy and you love it and you're doing it. It's going to be unbelievable. The audience of fans that you develop and the group of fans. And I wish I had the uh, initiative uh, when your age to start doing that 
And so I think what's happening, you want to do it on a you're like, oh, I could do what I love with people I want to be around. I want to do it more. And then you're going to do that. And then you're going to develop more fans, more people that want to watch you and learn from you and be around you. It's 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 really smart. And I'm really excited to watch you grow and watch this podcast grow. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much for that comment. Um, I, I don't I don't have a plan of stopping my podcast in the future. I love what I'm doing. And it's like free baseball, basically. And it's free talk with players. And because like we don't monetize these videos, we don't get money off of this. It's just for free and we have fun. We, we have fun with everything. And we just, and I, I just, I just love it. It's amazing. <laughs> um, so during the Banana Ball series on ESPN Plus, which everyone should go watch, Banana Land, um, uh, you write down 10 new ideas every day. Um, how do you go from writing them down to doing those ideas? Good luck. You want to help? Uh, <laughs> it's my, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Um, every, every day it's 10 ideas. So, you know, the idea of us trying to put on, uh, almost 4,000 ideas a year, that's not happening. Um, so the reality is, uh, we have to process and I have to share with the team, which ideas I really want us to do. And then we have a great team that executes. I mean, from my side, Kara, uh, our lead director of marketing, Yvonne, our director, our creative director, and Zach Frangelo, uh, you know, our entertainment director, combined with Zach Bro and Caitlin Scott and Savannah Alanis and, and our whole marketing team helps deliver. Most of my ideas are based on our creative and marketing. And, um, you know, it's impressive to see our team kind of put that forth. So we decide what we're going to do. We have a plan of attack. We have our OTT meetings, which, you know, showed Yvonne, Kara, Zach, and uh, Savannah. And we talk about how we're going to put those out. Mm-hmm. And I imagine you don't do, you don't do every single idea. And are there like ideas that you keep writing down every single day that you really want to do? <laughs> like, like um, I know you talked about writing down the Fenway park every single day when you were little. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've, I had ideas that I've, you know, I had the idea of a break dancing coach for three or four years before we did it. I had an idea. Maceo. Of a, yeah, Maceo. I had an idea for a dancing umpire for two to three years before we did it. I've, I've had the mindset of a, a player skydiving to their position or a pitcher skydiving to the mound to start the game. That's I've been had that for about five or six years. That'll eventually happen. Um, you know, there's a lot of those big things that I think about. I don't write them down every day, but they're they're in front. I think the challenge is that we have to continue to think bigger. We went big this past year, but we can go a lot bigger. And so we have to get out of the rut of just looking at the same dances, the same things. We have to think what would even challenge us that, you know, could potentially not go well. That's where we need to look. So I wrote down 10 ideas for my spring baseball season and future of my podcast. Uh, would you like to hear five of them? Yes. Um, so I want my travel team to do well and have fun. Um, I'd like to see the bananas in a really cool new city, maybe out of this country, maybe. Um, like you write in your book, I'd like to be the first plan- fan to play center field in a bananas game. Um, I want to go through the whole season without making an error. and. I know this might sound weird, but I don't want to become the official podcast of the bananas, but an official podcast of the bananas. <laughs> All right. I think some of those are definitely uh, uh, possible. Um, that's fun. An official podcast of the bananas. That, that, that's, that's fun. I think, um, I think those are good. I'll challenge you on one, though. Can I challenge you on one, Grayson? Sure. You said you want to go the entire season without making an error. Yeah. There's a reason why I don't love that idea, because I challenge our team 
And you can talk to Breland, uh, the party animals, or you could talk to Ryan Cox. I want them to be able to make errors because if they're not trying things harder, making things, you know, if they're not pushing themselves, some of the times the greatest players make errors because they get to balls other people couldn't get to. Or for our sake, they're trying balls behind the back, catching balls behind the back or catching balls in between. <laughs> or, the legs. or back flipping or catching or back the barehanded. All right. So for us, the more that they try and they test, there are going to be more errors. But do you want, do you want to, it, it was from the book and I think I shared it, but I don't know if you remember, you, there's a baseball statistic of a player that failed more than anyone else that ever played the game, a batter that struck out more than anyone else that ever played the game. Do you know, or do you remember who that is? Um, uh, no. He, was, he, he played well before you were born. So he's an older yeah. player. Uh, I probably, I probably do not know this person. I, well, I probably know the person. I just probably don't remember. And that's, yeah. And there's a reason, but even people that were around during his time, and I speak to audiences, I just spoke at Mercedes Benz stadium in front of 6,000 people. And I asked that and nobody knows. So people that are born and that were literally around when he was in his heyday, because he's not known for his strikeouts. That's why no one knows him. He had he had three home runs in Game Six of the 1977 World Series for the oh, New York. Oh shoot! This is way long ago. <laughs> yep, he's known as Mister October, and he's a Hall of Famer. It's Mr. I think I know. Oh, oh, is it um Reggie? Reggie Jackson, right? Reggie Jackson, yes. And I'm impressed that you even knew that. Obviously, that was way back in the day. But my point, I was I was thinking of Reggie Jackson. My point, yeah. My point, Grayson is. No one remembers the failures, but they remember the hits. And the only way you can get hits is if you keep coming up to bat and you keep taking big swings like Reggie Jackson did. So for you to say my whole goal is to have no errors for the entire year, I think having an error, there's nothing wrong with that. That means you're trying things harder. You're getting to balls. Maybe you try a trick in the middle of the game. I mean, crazy as that is. I mean, those are things that I think errors is not something you should try to avoid completely. You should challenge yourself to do more, to try more and experiment more. So that's the only one I would challenge you on. But the rest of those, man, those could definitely become a reality. Keep coming up with those ideas. I love them. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have one more tough question for you, Mr. Cole. Uh, you turned baseball around in Savannah and it's become this massive thing. The Bananas won three CPL College League championships. You've sold out like a million games in a row. Your players are now social media stars. But my dad was telling me, are some people in there are some people in Savannah that really aren't happy uh, because the banana ball is not quote unquote real baseball and it's no longer played at historical Grayson Stadium. How do you respond to these critics? Hmm. It's a good question. First of all, you can call me Jesse. We're friends now, right, Grayson? <laughs> yes, we're friends. All right. <laughs> we're friends now. All right. You can call me Jesse. Um, how do I respond to that? It's a good question. I think. Um, a lot of people, they see all the criticism and it's hard to not look at it. Grayson, you're going to get criticism for what you're doing. All right. You're doing podcasts. You might have classmates who say things. You're going to have people that say things. And it's so easy to hear that criticism because it's loud and it hurts. So many people are driven, the most successful people to an extent, some are driven by proving the naysayers wrong. What I'm trying to do is prove the people, uh, is to prove the people that believe in us right. And so the people that believe in us and say, there's people that say, you know, I'm not sure about this, but I'm following Jesse's vision and what the bananas are trying to do. You know, I, I, I wouldn't bet against them. I want to prove that person right. 
I don't want to prove the person that says I'm going to failure. So when it looks at all that, when it comes to all that criticism, we're going to get more and more. And I'll tell you this, Grayson, if you're not getting criticized, you're playing it too safe. All right. The more you do, the more impact you make to an extent, the more criticism you will get. And sometimes criticism tells you you're going on the right path. And so I know when we do big things, we get big criticism, but I know it's, we're on the edge of doing something even bigger. And so bring it on. If they're going to people challenge us, bring it on. I'm not focused on them. I'm focused on where we're going. And we're going to one day, Grayson, I'm not focused on money. I'm not focused on dollars. I'm not focused on sales. I'm focused on fans. And we may be the first sports team ever to have a billion fans. That's where we're going. That's what I'm focusing on. Uh, so last regular question. Um, several CPL bananas have been drafted by teams and a few of the bananas have been, and a few of the, of the breaking news. Breaking uh, news. Do you uh, want to hear it? For a Christmas present, my aunt and uncle are giving me and my sister and my two cousins banana cam for the week after Christmas. What? You're, you're what? coming to bananas camp, Grayson. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my God. I didn't even know. <laughs> what? This is awesome. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, uh, you're going to be the favorite banana ballers, all the bananas players, full camp. And we're wow. going to make sure you have the time of your life, my friend. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> I you, you wasn't expecting that. that. You, you got some people that care about you and they know you'd have fun. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you so much. Oh, it's, it's not on me, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm so glad to have you. You know, mm -hmm. I'm so glad to have you. Um, so uh, getting back to my question. <laughs> <laughs> You're losing focus. I like this. Yeah. You're excited. I like this. So several CPL ba bananas have been drafted by MLB teams and a few of the bananas, bananas slash party animals, premier teams, players are getting looks to, uh, does this make you feel like a proud dad? I can't speak. <laughs> uh, I love seeing how excited you are, man. This, this fires me up. Um, yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud. I'm proud of seeing players get other opportunities. I'm proud of seeing guys do what they love. I'm proud of people having fun. I'm proud of seeing you at our camp in December, having fun with all the guys. I'm proud of those moments. I'm proud of the impact that uh, we've been able to make and that what we're doing. And I know we're just getting started. That's what that's what makes me proud. Seeing, looking around, and seeing people get excited and happy and uh, chase their dreams. That's what makes me most proud. So we've reached the final segment, uh, which now I'm calling the not so rapid fire questions because <laughs> it's not rapid fire. So you can answer with as much or as little information as you want. Uh, you ready? Yes, let's do it. All right. So are you familiar with the Funko Pop toys? No, but I need to be. Tell me more. Um. Uh, Funko Pop, I have like a billion here. Uh, my dad's gonna get one so you can so you can see. Uh, this is uh, Ricky Vaughn from uh, Major League of uh, Funko oh, Pop cool. toys. So cool. they're basically just pops. And uh, I well, you obviously you didn't know until right now, but I there maybe in the future there could be uh, Funko Pop bananas toys, and that'd be really cool to sell merchandise. They look pretty cool. Now, which which players would you want to see most? Ooh, definitely uh, Kyle Lugs and Bill Arroy. Yeah. Uh, probably you in like a bright yellow tux. <laughs> uh, maybe Stilts. Ooh, yeah. And definitely Vince. Definitely Vince. Okay, cool. I love that. Um, so Human Lightning Bolt, Malachi Mitchell wants to know, what's your hidden talent? 
My hidden talent? Yeah. Ooh. I can do the moonwalk. I, 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 can, I can do a you pretty do good Michael Jackson dance impersonation. Nice. That's awesome. Um, you should, uh, you should um, take lessons with Macy on how to get better at dancing. Oh, and, yeah, I, I could learn a lot from him. I mean, I, to do a moonwalk on the grass is almost impossible, and somehow he does it. He's he's a <laughs> he does it really well. I yelled, "Macy, I'll do a moonwalk," and he was like, "Boom, boom!" <laughs> he just unbelievable. Just, mm-hmm. Uh, so not sure if you saw, but my sister and my mom went as zombie party animals and zo- zombie savannah bananas. Have you seen any cool uh banana uh Halloween costumes lately? We were blown away. Um, there were hundreds, you know, Grayson, you know, you, we, we, we have fun in our ballpark. We do our thing. But the amount of videos and pictures, I mean, there's an album on Facebook with over 100 plus photos of people that were sending us. I mean, everything from, you know, uh, tons of different party animals, specific party animal players, myself, Burnsy, uh, you know, Coach Burns with his leopard print. I mean, we saw it. We mm-hmm. saw it all. And it my was, dad was Coach Burns. <laughs> yes, it was. It was amazing. It was amazing to see. So, uh, no, I just can't imagine what next year is going to look like because uh, we have a lot more games, a lot more cities in front of a yeah. lot more fans. And uh, it's uh, it's really uh, it's really, really pretty cool. Mm hmm. So here's like the biggest question of the interview. What is your favorite baseball movie of all time? Ooh, ooh, that's a tough one. What's yours? Um, mine's I have I have three. I have Field of Dreams, Sandlot, and The Natural. Really strong, really strong. So here's one that people don't know. Um, when I was pitching my freshman year of college, before the night before every game I pitched, I watched for love of the game with Kevin Costner. And I watched him where he pitches the perfect game. So I loved that one. But, you know, you got to go back for me. I mean, Sandlot is a classic. I can still watch it. We're going to do a lot more movie clips. So Sandlot has just been such a and then League of Their Own, you know, League of Their Own. And you know what? It's so ironic. You know, I, I just love what they built and what they created and a league of their own. Um, hilarious, fun. They did amazing things. Uh, that's that's probably right up there. League of their own and Sandlot would be my top two. Mm-hmm. Where do you see the bananas in a quarter century? Oh, good question. See, now you're using my terms because the reality is uh, most mm-hmm. businesses, Grace, and they focus on the next quarter. But I am focused on the next quarter century. So. I can never say where we're going to be. I can tell you the questions we're asking. And the reason why I can't tell you where we're going to be, because seven years ago when I was sleeping on an airbed and my wife and I were grocery shopping with only $30 a week, that's all the money we had. And we were down to our last dollar. I would never expect seven years later, we'd be where we are right now. But I will tell you, I will continue to ask the questions of how do we create the greatest show in sports? How do we play in places you never imagined you could play from aircraft carriers to games in snow to games in uh, maybe, you know, famous Little League fields and all over the world that you would never expect? How can we play in Major League stadiums all over the world? How could we maybe have a banana ball league with the top banana ballers and the most entertaining players from all over the world choose to play banana ball where there's competitiveness, but also dancing and fun? Um, 
we're going to ask those questions because I think uh, the reality is we're not built to make money. We're built to create fans. And so wherever we see that the fans are going, we're going to try to be the pioneer on creating that experience. So I hope in 25 years, people are saying the greatest show in sports is still the bananas. And it's the most fun I've ever had going to a baseball game. Um, Some more questions from players. Uh, I don't think you can answer this, but catcher Bill Leroy wants to know who your favorite banana is. <laughs> my favorite player <laughs> yeah I, I asked you that question kind of but i can't answer that question man um mm-hmm. no there's a I, i'll tell you this without being too uh you know not skirting around the question every player brings joy to me in different ways and every player has unique talents and for me oh, to yeah. be in the locker room and talk to the guys and know what they're trying to do i mean you know i can look at every single player and be proud uh, that they are a banana or a party animal so i can't answer that question i just i'll tell you that i do uh, i I genuinely love the guys and that's something grace. And if you can be around people that love what they do and love the people they're around, it's nothing with, we tell, we tell each other, we love them and we love each other. And I, I love all the guys uh, more than anything. Um, Coach Viro wants to know besides your seven yellow tuxedos, um, how many do you think you've owned in your lifetime? <laughs> how many yellow tuxedos? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, geez. Yeah. Some haven't made it. Some have uh, been worse for the wear. So I'm probably in that uh, 10 to 15 range of uh, purchased yellow tuxedos. Is there like a website where you find them or are they like handmade or tailored? I'm definitely not hand making them. There was no way I'm hand making them. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, brightcoloredtuxedos.com and the team's oh had God. tailored one for me and there's a few others. So I, I've I've experimented a little bit with my yellow tux look. Um. The the innovative the innovative and amazing Jesse Cole everyone uh, that was awesome thank you so much uh, did you have fun I, I I had a blast can I ask you one question before we yeah, go yeah sure that's fine if there's something that you would love to see at a bananas game or something that we could do that'd be a lot of fun or crazy what are some things you had some ideas earlier but what are some things that you would love to see at a bananas game ooh. Well, I, I told you I, I would like a fan to, like, play position and maybe the outfield. That would be really cool. Um, I don't I don't know. Ooh, this is cool. I'm trying to think. Um, well, no, it's, it, I, I mean, the first one, to have a fan play in the actual game is something we've thought about. I think that's a really cool idea. You know, if that's uh, – mm-hmm. our name or company's fans first entertainment. That would be putting a fan first to say – now playing center field, Grayson. Grayson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, anything else you want to add for the podcast? Uh, no, I just want to thank you, man. I want to thank you for uh, um, everything that you bring, the energy, the fun. Thank you for being a fan of what we do. It inspires us, and mm-hmm. and you uh, are the reason why we do what we do. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you, brother. Mm-hmm. I cannot thank you enough. Uh, what a way to kick off season four. Uh, if you want to hire Jesse Cole as a keynote speaker, oh, please visit his website, findyouryellowtalks.com. For a ticket and tour information, yeah. <laughs> for a ticket and tour information, uh, go to the Savannah Bananas, um, the SavannahBananas.com, uh, and to get alerts on the waiting uh, and to be on the waiting list, follow them on Instagram, YouTube, or you wherever you can find the bananas. Uh, and you can help my show by subscribing to Baseball Podcasts Are Fun on, Insta- on Instagram, Spotify, and YouTube at Baseball Podcasts Are Fun. Join me next week for an all-new guest. Until then, I'm Grayson Knight. That was Jesse Cole. And this was Baseball Podcasts Are Fun. Don't forget to swing for the fences. See ya! <laughs>